0: Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have Jeff here of uh, Kilo fame and of, as many people don't know, of Overcrest fame. That's right. Little little man behind the scenes. Thanks for hanging out with us, man.
1: Hola, amigos.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you here. It's what many people don't know when they look at everything. You know what people have been asking me? Who's doing the art? Who's doing the art? And I kind of just go, well, we are. But reality. But who's we? But, who's we? <laughs> but reality is you've been doing a lot of the art that everybody's been seeing on the on the Overcrest Instagram and of the cars that are coming along on the
1: rally. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been it's been super cool to see it, uh, and, and just to play with it and see the Overcrest brand kind of grow.
0: Yeah. Is, what have you? What is your process for when you do this stuff? Because you look at it you're like, wow, that's really awesome. You just sketch that out. It was done right. Is what's the process for coming up with some of the artwork for for the for the rally?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the idea especially with like this year's rally it's just such a unique setting. It's such a unique place to go to. So I try to take in, you know, a lot of those elements. And then, um, the process is a lot of like hand sketching, uh, pencil sketching, and then taking that into, um, into a vector. But I think a lot of the, the, I- the ideas happen in your mind before you ever start working on a computer or whatnot. And, and this year's rally's just got so much, uh, going for it with the setting yeah and just where we're going and um the cars that are coming so it kind of I mean kind of seems easy you know? right
0: right yeah well not for me whenever I sit down I'm like okay I'm gonna put together this thing and I look and I just go it sounds pretty cool and I try to explain to people what it is I can never quite you know dictate exactly what I want things to be and you've come in and kind of you know helped direct it direct the, the Overcrest brand for the last couple of years which I don't know if- most people don't know that no, they don't, but it's, it's been awesome having somebody that can understand and extrapolate what Jake and I ha- have built. And, you know, with the, the podcast and the rally, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah. It's been fun to see it grow too. Like I feel like people are responding well, it's fun to see something, you know, we're in the twin cities. And so uh, you see a lot of like car culture coming out of the West coast and yep. it's been fun to like create something coming from the Midwest that, as some um, people
0: would say the no coast we have no coast <laughs> We've got 10,000 lakes but but no coasts.
1: So what do you do for
0: for a living? what is where does all this come from?
1: Yeah,' I'm a, I'm a freelance brand director so I, I work with a bunch of different clients and different companies and help um, create and direct their brands so a lot what of does st-
0: that mean? What does a brand director do? do? Do I come to you and go, man, our brand sucks make it better Is that?
1: Uh, initially maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I do a lot of strategy so I, I help people kind of think through where they're going. Um, before we ever start with visuals, it's just like, what do you do? Why do you do it? Is it worth me being involved to help you grow? And so, um, I've been doing it. I've, I've had past lives in the running industry and in action sports. Um, and so this, it's kind of set me up to just help work with restaurants, med tech, just a bunch of different, um, industries and, uh, try to connect with end end consumers. So a lot of strategy and then figuring out how the visual and how, um, the communication goes together. So with Overcrest, it was just a process of coming in and kind of filling out what you guys already had. And I'm um, trying to tell that story better. And I think, I think we're on the right path.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And it's been interesting seeing what you've done with your brand, which is Kilo. Tell yeah. us, tell us a little <laughs> bit about Kilo. And what, what was funny is we, he's like, are we, do you want to talk about Kilo? What should we talk about? And Jake just goes, so does Kilo is that mean you're going to like pull in a different personality? <laughs> is, is Kilo yeah, a different like person? Is, is, and it's it's it really could be. interesting because you yeah. look at the photography and the stuff that you guys post, you guys are in like masks or you've got briefcase full of, of keys as, as everybody would, you know, you know, translate to that it would be drugs until you open it and see that it's keys. it's been really interesting seeing what that brand has been, been up to. What, what is Kilo?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if I, if I rewind back, uh, six, seven years ago on my buddy, Chris and I, who we grew up together in Oregon, um, we, uh, we started getting into cars more and just wanting to drive them and less of the cars and coffee type thing. So yeah. I started heading out west. Um, uh, Chris introduced me to Driving While Awesome when uh, they were pretty early on in their, in their um, podcast. And when they put on their first rally, went on the rally, and then started going out there to more rallies. So really got interested in like this whole idea of taking the car, driving the car, getting beyond the, that. And, um, Kilo was born out of that being on the DWA, uh, rally and just thinking about like, what can we do to be fun in the car scene that nobody else is doing? Um, both have air cool nine I had a project at that point, a Targa and wanted to create something fun. And so, uh, we made this key, made four of them. And, um, I put it up on the forums on the Pelican. What is this key? This, so the Kilo key that you see right now is the 917 head on a blank that fits, uh, nine uh, Nineteen seventy to ninety seven. Okay, I'm um, through a nine three. So, just made one for myself and for Chris. We just wanted our own, and I put it up, and the response on Pelican was crazy. We had like forty people that wanted a key right away. I thought, right. Well, oh, this this could be something fun to do, kind of in the car scene, and we sat on it for quite a while. And then when we were out on the rally, we were talking to Joshy, Joshy Robots, and uh, Phil, who's Crock GT four, really good dude from Carmel, and we were having lunch. And we told him about this idea and Joshie just said, you guys got to do this. You got to go for it. Yeah. Um, so that's, he's such a good champion and cheerleader
0: of people's <laughs> ideas. <laughs> no, yes. Really. I mean, totally. If someone has an idea and they seem passionate about it, Joshie will be like, do it, do it right now. What are you waiting for? He's really, really good with that.
1: Yeah. He's a, he's a good dude, a genuine dude. So um, yeah. So we just, we started up and it's always been a hobby. It's never been an idea where we want to make money we want to push, you know, we're going to try to make a name for ourselves or anything like that. It's always been a hobby. I know that's probably uh, bothered some people because we're out of stock a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we run out of product. We don't have the color you want. We don't have this. We, we don't develop new products very fast. But it's always been something that I wanted to be driven by passion. And, and, and Chris is the same way. It's just it's not something that is our identity or we do for a full-time job. But it's been awesome because we've just gotten introduced to so many car people gotten to go do so many fun things and then meeting you guys, you know? yeah. Um, so Kilo is, it's changing. We're, uh, we're Tell working. Us a
0: little, before you get into how it's changing, I want to hear yeah, about yeah. the brand Kilo, the name spelled K E Y L O W not K I L O. But obviously there's a word play here. How did that come about?
1: Yeah. So the, uh, man, if I'm spelling out the whole brand, really the idea is that driving is our drug. Um, we just addicted to driving and loving the idea of it. So we came up with the, uh, the whole concept of the brand being kind of a, in, eighties nineties co- cocaine culture play um, <laughs> seems obvious right right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah so driving driving is the drug, and so um uh we we've just like ran with that and kind of like let that that concept of driving the driving is the drug be our mantra, and it's taken us to some weird places with the brand <laughs> yeah for sure so it's been fun though, and um people really get into it, they get into like the the coke thing so Kilo obviously being a, a plan on, on, uh, on that culture. And um, yeah, we never really actually meant for it to just be keys. You know, we don't know. Maybe we'll do something else. Uh, w- but uh, Kilo seemed like the obvious name, for the, uh, the, the Inception product.
0: Yeah, it's been cool. I've got a key. It works great. I think I i has well. got a key. They're awesome. Um, so you said you went on some rallies back in there. You were on the first DWA rally. What, what is it about rallying that, you know, because you obviously wanted to help with the Overcrest rally and be involved with that. It's obviously you got kilo, you love driving as drugs and everything. It's like, this just seems like a, you know, one of the cornerstones of, of your personality and who you are and what you like to do. What is it about rallying that seems like it ticks all the right boxes for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, rallying is, it just, it's, it seems like the evolution of what somebody who loves cars should get into. Um, looking at cars that are sitting still, it's just, it's just so, only so much juice you can squeeze out of that, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I get really bored walking around at Cars and Coffee. And I like meeting people. That's, that's great. People are fun to meet and chat with. But um, going on a rally and then having somebody toss me the keys to their car and saying, hey, you want to trade? And having that experience of, of being able to ride in other people's cars that were interesting and just getting to experience new roads with other people. And it's, it's like a moving Cars and Coffee. right? I mean, I, I don't know how you can't like that. Like that. And it seems like as enthusiasts, that's what people should be about. Like, I just, I just don't get into polishing my car all week long. So I can right. look at it.
0: What do you think it is with people? Cause everybody wants to feel like they'd be the guy that would drive their car anywhere, right? Everybody wants to feel <laughs> like they would drive their car and yet people, their their cars languish. They, they live in a city and they go to cars and coffee and they don't really use it. But every time, someone is inspired to go out and drive, whether it's, you know, the Dossiel film or something you've said on Overcrest, they send me messages. They're like, Oh my God, this was the best thing ever. I'm so glad I did this. I took my dad. We, you know, it was this great experience and everybody that does it, they all know that it's going to be a great experience, but they don't do it. What is, what keeps people from getting out and using the machine? Do you think?
1: And there's so many things I think that keep people from doing it. Um, whether it's a fear of getting a scratch in your car or whatever, that's one thing. But I think a lot of it is just fear of the unknown. I think, I mean, that's what holds a lot of us back. It's why people don't start their own company. It's why they don't quit their job. It's why they don't like step out. Um, You know, what might happen out there? Complacency is a big part of it too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Fixing your car and, you know, all that crap, that that sucks. But I I feel like, I feel like fear of the unknown drives people that, you know, I'd rather go somewhere where it's taken care of. And I know that, that um, the experience is kind of, curated and I know what I'm getting. It's for the
0: all-inclusive money. resort mentality.
1: Right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of American culture, right? Like, I know what I'm getting for my money. I, why would I go to this, like, Hellhole burger stand that could be really good when I can go to Burger King and I know what I'm getting.
0: Right, right. I think that right,
2: Chris. What? What?
0: What? <laughs> you are the <laughs> Mr. most Mr. Plain. Salt on everything. Mr.
2: Destroy. Yeah, because i you tasted enough things to now have a breadth of understanding of what tastes good to my palate. Yeah, as just just opposed to just it. all I do just is salt. I, yeah. just ketchup. We this went all, one ketchup. We were in and California. My fast food. We were. I don't eat fast food. What are you talking about? You don't what? ever go to like the corner burger stand. Stand well, or like yes, the the taco stand. 100. <laughs> percent We were in, we were
0: in LA and oh, we, I don't, had, I don't and like seafood. We went, I don't we had, try bro- anything like we that. Had, well, I know I've tried it. I don't like it. We went to this little like cafe, and I'm sitting there like eating whatever it was that I got. And here's Jake like pouring salt onto this thing. I'm like, you just ruined it.
2: You it wasn't salted.
0: It was exactly how it was supposed to be. When the chef made the item, he put all the ingredients that he wanted. It was created. They said, this is how
2: we're going to make this. This is the meal that we're going to have. How much ketchup ketchup did you put on those fries?
0: The ketchup is
2: supposed to be on fries. The so it's salt. Same damn thing. No, That's salt. why they're next to each other right there up there at the serving yeah. station. You have salt. salt and ketchup as condiments. No. Salt. It, uh, they are salt is not a condiment. It is a season. Right. It is a completely different yes, thing. Which is season to taste. In every single recipe out there, season to taste. My taste is just more advanced than yeah, yours. when you, you yours. make something at home, it's different because you're making it to your taste. When you go out to a if restaurant- If that were the case, they wouldn't have salt and pepper out. So and yes, they
0: do. Let's say you went to a really expensive restaurant. Yes. Really expensive. They have- nice salt and pepper shakers out. Do not. You have to ask for the salt and pepper and if you ask you're insulting the chef because you're asking to change what they're doing.
1: How often do you guys just just straight up just start throwing punches?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just drives me crazy. He gave me such a hard time
2: and this dude was just just, just destroying his food, uh-huh. just destroying it, absolutely. Meanwhile, ruining his it. fries are literally floating in a pool of ketchup that he uses a
0: straw with. No, no, I I dip one bite per ketchup, <laughs> one bite, one one dip of. Can't French. even taste the damn fry. You absolutely can. Uh-huh. You absolutely can. Anyways. And I don't even put salt on French fries. Salt ruins everything. It is the laziest seasoning you can put on anything. Oh, Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the Overcrust Food Podcast. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts, Jeff? What do you think about salt? <laughs>
1: Jesus. I might. I, I I'm a sugar guy, so I don't love salt. Like I like salt. Like I don't know this. This is this is a weird conversation. A weird. I'm in a weird place right now.
0: Well, if you think about it, it can apply to a lot of other things. Like when you have a car, some guys like things OEM plus. Some yeah. guys like to put a bunch of crap on their car. Like yeah, let's talk about or... let's talk
1: about headlights, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Headlights.
0: Putting aftermarket LED headlights is like salt on a really nice. No, steak. it's
2: not. Salt comes with the meal, anyways. It's OEM plus of food. Salt, salt is, OEM is the plus? OEM
0: plus of food. No, salt, is the, salt is. is the pet boys of food. For someone that doesn't like- No, it's like,
2: not. Salt is like- That when, is your
0: ketchup. If you That's have what a, you're thinking if of. If you have a car and you're not happy with the way that it was engineered to design in the first place, like food, when it shows up at your table, you put salt on it because you don't have taste and you want it to be like you want it to be, not like how it was designed <laughs> for you. <laughs> so close-minded. So close-minded. It's coming from the guy that won't even drive a Mercedes. Won't even do it. Won't drive a Mercedes. Find won't drive a BMW. Me. Sure. Find one for me. Oh, finally. Now he caves. What? Now he caves when there's an argument that he's losing. He's caving <laughs> well, he's caving in. It's been three years of I'm never driving a Mercedes i never car. said that. You know, I just said I don't like them. They do nothing for me. They've never done anything for you. That's like walking down the street Mercedes. going. I don't want a hand job from that girl. She does a terrible job. Even though you've never had the hand job from that girl, you don't know if she does a terrible job or not. No, but You're how just ugly assuming. and old
2: is she? Look how old and ugly she is. See, so you I can, don't care if the engine can get makes six hundred horsepower. You can get
0: one brand new. Let's, yeah. Let's Who's say driving it?
2: Who's driving <laughs> Listen it? Listen to this. Let's say
0: every. He's so girl. proud of himself. Every, He's so proud. Every girl walked around with like a a shirt on with like all of her statistics, and it was just like. It was like hand job, 10 out of 10, blow job, 10 out of 10. And all the stats were like the most amazing thing ever. She's got a lot of space. She cleans the house. And Wait, everything. she's got a lot of space. She's got Is a lot of space. Negative does this, on the does this side?
1: make the final edit?
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, it will. <laughs> she's got all the, like everything you as a person want. Like doesn't puts a cap on the toothpaste. Even it's everything you could ever want. But then you're like, oh well, she's she's blonde, so never mind, forget it. That's what you're doing with Mercedes. It, it takes all the boxes it's got. Great tech. It's got a twin turbo V eight with six hundred horsepower. They handle great. Jeremy Clarkson, no power. He loves. them everybody loves these cars but here's jake over here going nope no i just, it's just i would rather there's no salt
2: that i could put on that car that would make it okay for me you're right i would rather get in a cadillac CTS V wagon with a six-speed manual and a supercharged v8 that does sound
0: pretty sweet See. it does but it those are not anywhere near as refined i know you probably are like well cadillac and mercedes are the same, same damn thing. thing we've been through this a million times and you got debunked thoroughly thoroughly debunked by Feder and i for an Hour, we absolutely oh, well, stopped hey, racing
2: heritage. You oh, yeah. well, don't geez. have racing heritage. Well, do you
0: think that's important when you look at the credibility of a company, Jeff. Is racing heritage for <laughs> the <laughs> record? Cadillac was in NASCAR quite a bit. Oh boy, wow, what an accomplishment! Did he, yeah, I'm gonna really get behind those cars that turn left just really, really good rather than the ones that won like uh endurance racing and and and. And uh, DTM and all these other things. All these huge accomplishments that Mercedes made. Totally on par with NASCAR once or twice.
1: Jake, have you driven an AMG wagon yet? I have not yet. Uh, I, I would advise that.
0: Okay. <laughs> Have you driven one?
1: I have. Okay.
0: I've not driven a wagon, but I've driven many AMG things. Sure. They're fantastic. Way cooler than a Macan. There's no question about it. Oh, I really like my Macan. Yeah, because the Macan, like we were saying off air, the Macan is the new wagon. Only fuddy-duddy, boring, married <laughs> people or or people that want to seem like they bought the really nice version of a crossover by a Macan. That's it. That's all it is. It's people that don't have any taste because every single crossover, for me visually as uh-huh. a car is it like a design concept. When I look at an Equinox and I look at a Macan, I go, I guess the Porsche looks a little bit better, but they all are just like these little egg-shaped people movers. Egg shape
2: people mover.
0: <laughs> is there a better definition for a crossover than egg-shaped people mover? Does everything. Yeah, it does. It's a jack of all trades and a master of none. It is the perfect example of that idiom. It is a perfect daily driver, is what it is. Well, no, no, it is not. It is not a wagon Why not? is the perfect daily driver because it handles way better. It's way more compliant on the road as a as a car. The, the McConn is not, a lot of people think it is because that's the marketing that's been shoved down their throat. The air ride is very nice, though. And I have magnetic oh, dampeners. So, nice. so oh, I yeah, bet there's... it's more compliant than any car. You th- you think that the AMG doesn't have magnetic suspension or air ride or something sure like that? I'm sure it has all of those things and more.
2: How boring would it be if I just loved all the same shit? <laughs> oh, I'm swearing now. Oops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy, we're getting, we're getting worked up. We're getting we're worked, worked up. It's not that you. Jill, it's the fact that you call me close-minded, uh-huh. but then you won't drive or experience anything other than Porsche and Audi. It's, it seems like your entire world is this I little bubble. I have a Harley, like I have like I had a selling. Mustang. A Mustang when you were like 12? You know, th- this was like one of your first cars. You don't really have a choice.
1: Volkswagens I've had. I think like... Hondas. I think video streaming uh, a fistfight would be... Uh, a really great idea.
0: Can we wear shirts? I'll wear a Mercedes shirt. He can wear yes. like an extra,
1: yes. small, <laughs> an extra small Cadillac shirt. Yes, actually, that'd be great. You guys could be sponsored by the brands, have the I patches like it. all over the yeah, shirt. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll raise money. We could do it for charity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what we should do is we should do a uh, a race, and I find the best Mercedes that I can find, and you find the best Audi you can find, and we'll do a race. And that's awesome. Yeah, I'd that do would be have more fun. money
2: to spend than you on
0: this race. You realize? Yeah, but I'm sure someone would give me something. <laughs> I'm sure I could figure out a way <laughs> to show up in an actual like hill climb Mercedes car. <laughs> I think Mercedes had like the hill climb record for diesel. I think. For a long I time. think that's
1: a good idea. I think that's what you guys need to do. Yes. You, need, you need to fist race fight or race? no? Well, both. But uh, maybe maybe a race that <laughs> maybe a race rust. that ends <laughs> a race that ends in a fist fight on the side of the track. <laughs> Oh man!
0: All right. Well, we've got a we've got a very special guest on. That's probably listening to this, and he's wondering, "Oh my god, this is the episode that I chose to come on." It, it, it is Brock. He's nine nine six road trip, and he's had like this just absolute explosion of social media popularity. And I think it's easy to say why he's out there. You know, driving the car, and people want to live vicariously through him with what he's doing with his rooftop tent, and he takes a car so on the unique. beach, in the desert, yeah. in the woods, and he really uses the car. And that's where I get back to like people—they want to do it. I think everybody that loves cars wants to be a guy. They want to see themselves as the guy who's going to drive across the country or or put the rooftop tent in the car, but they just don't make the leap. I don't know what it is. It's crazy because you could break down anywhere in the United States. You're not going to die. Unless it's in the middle of a blizzard, which almost happened to me one time. <laughs> you're, not going, you're not going to die. This isn't Zimbabwe or like Nigeria or something. It's you're, you're going to be fine. So I don't understand the fear.
1: Well, the thing that Brock's got going for him that uh, I I think people don't realize is it's from Oregon. Oh, Oh, that's what it is.
0: Well, the West Coast does make it a little bit easier. There's a lot more you can do here. You can pretty much drive around and look at corn, which doesn't really inspire anybody in any way, shape or form. All right, let's get Brock on and talk to him about uh, his journey with his Carrera 4S and his rooftop box and everything else he's got going on.
2: Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Petrolbox. Petrolbox is a monthly service made specifically for the automotive enthusiast. Each month, they carefully select items including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, and publications to be sent right to your doorstep. It's a curated selection of the latest and greatest gear in the industry. And there's actually two different levels of subscription to choose from. You have the Petrobox Basic, which costs less than 20 bucks a month, and the Petrobox Premium, which gets you even more gear for $39.95 a month. Be sure to check them out at my... Petrolbox.com and use the code overcrest at checkout to get $6 off your first month.
3: Hey, Chris, what's up? How's it going, man? It's going good. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. The phone didn't even ring.
0: That's okay. It gets lost in translation across the world as beams of light transfer our voices it's to, not to really one another. Well, it is, well it's, it's it's radio waves or beams of electricity. It's all instant. It's all which, are, amazing. which are not light. Yeah, we don't always get disappointed when it doesn't work. I'm here with Jake, my co-host, and Jeff uh, from Kilo Fame. I don't know if you've ever talked to Jeff before.
3: We've hey. had a couple conversations, I think.
0: Right on. So we're all here to chat and talk about rallies and driving and road trips and then Mr. 996 road trip, which it's been interesting watching your meteoric rise from, you know, the, the guy that drives the car to the holy cow, this guy drives his car. You know, it's been this incredible, <laughs> incredible rise watching you, you know, do all your cool stuff in your car.
3: Thanks. It's been so wild, uh, not expected at all and not intentional. It just kind of happened by default.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the interesting thing is what do you personally attribute you know, everybody just being so enamored with what you're doing. What is it about it that you think gets people going?
3: Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact there's a uh, a rooftop tent on a uh, a 911. Seems kind of odd to some people. I think it gets uh, gets a few interesting looks and comments occasionally. <laughs> it just it seems like it's just so for me. It just
0: <laughs> as a guy that likes to use the car, it just seems so rudimentary. Like, yeah, if you own this car and you want to go camping, and you know, you could either have a rooftop tent or you could just put a tent in the trunk. I mean, it just seems so obvious to me, but Everybody else is just—I don't know if they're living vicariously through you or, or what's going on—but it's really setting people off.
3: Yeah, it really, it really has. It's been strange, and and to be completely blunt, I didn't plan it. It wasn't, an, it wasn't meant to happen. I—I um, I mean, I don't know if you know the whole story behind it, and I don't for people that, were, yeah, for people that are listening, it, it kind of went um, like this. I. I talked a lot of trash about rooftop tents for a long time. <laughs> and because uh, I'm a, I'm a backpacker, I'm a camper, I'm a road tripper, and I had no problem throwing my tent up on the ground, sleeping under the stars, whatever it might be. Like I thought rooftop tents were for overlanders, you know, these guys who are um, going on these massive road trips. And what happened was, is I, um, I'm also a bit of a, a bargain hunter, if you will. And I like the REI garage sales, which is basically one of these things where um, if anybody returns something to the REI co-ops, they take that product, uh, as long as it doesn't have a safety issues and they sell it at their garage sale, which is deeply discounted products. So you're saying they're not selling um,
0: parachutes and things like
3: that. No, yeah. No climbing harnesses and parachutes that have been returned. Um, they're not slinging that kind of stuff, uh, out to people, but I always go there cause I'm like, Oh, I can always use some more gear. I'm, I'm a total gear junkie. I've, I've got a garage that looks basically like uh just a straight up gear room it's it's out of control um so anytime those things pop up my wife and i get up super early get down there like 6 a.m with a box of donuts to bribe everybody to you know we need to get a little closer in line um because it's kind of a free for all when they open up the doors and uh anyway i was down there early scoping out what was going on because it was a parking lot sale this time around uh, things are a little bit more uh, a little different these days. Um, so uh there I see this rooftop tent over there and I come back and I say, listen, you know how I feel about rooftop tents, but everybody is like goo goo gaga over these things. Uh maybe we should just buy it and flip it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and make some and make some gas money. And uh and I go, hey, worst case scenario, maybe we rent it out because living here in the Pacific Northwest, like everybody wants one of these things, they're hard to come by. Um, they can't make enough of them, and I'm like, well, you know, it's another little income opportunity because I'm I'm a bit of an entrepreneur in that way. Anyway, and we we've got an old Range Rover Classic as well, so that's what we usually take these things because we load up the back with stuff and 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 we're good to go. Well, it didn't turn out as great as I thought. I uh, I didn't do my due diligence because it was kind of a last minute decision the rooftop tent wouldn't mount to the roof rack that I had on the Range Rover. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like that was kind of my game plan. How am I going to get this thing home? That
0: seems like a universal vehicle that a rooftop tent would bolt to. Like, if it was going <laughs> right? to bolt to anything, seems it like, should be that.
3: That's exactly how I felt. and I, I was a little bit uh, a little bit embarrassed because I had one of the employees come out and, and the thing's lifted already, so they did try to put put this up on top and then it just doesn't mount up. I couldn't believe it. So... I said, well, I've got another car that's got a roof rack on it because we can carry our road bikes around on, on the 9-11. And it looked like the bars would probably work with the mounting brackets on the rooftop tent. So I'm, like, I'm only 10 miles from home. It can't be that dangerous. Um, so, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I drove back and it took me probably a half an hour to convince uh, one of the REI employees just to help me put it in the car. Because he's like, dude, I'm not putting it on there. It's not going to last. It's going to rip off the roof. It's, it's going to be a disaster. And I'm like, ah, I'm only a few miles from home. It's not a big deal. Finally convinced him to do it. We get it up on the 911. Um, again, no idea. I don't know anything about rooftop tents. Every time I go into a stop sign or a stoplight, the thing slides on the rails and slams forward or slams back. And I'm oh, like, no. I'm destroyed. Yeah, it's a disaster. Uh, so I roll into a local rack shop that just happens to be on the way home. Uh, the guy wouldn't even come out to look at the car. He's like, you can't have that on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it just because everybody's looking at like a sports car? just
0: It's just not clicking in their brain. There's some sort of like yeah, circuit breaker like, that's going off?
3: Right. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. And and uh, he's like, I can't help you. And I told him what was going on. He gave me an Allen key. And he's like, you figure it out. He goes, probably have t- to tighten some things up. Sure enough, that's what I did. I drove with the rest of the way back home. And, and I swear I hit every single stoplight on the way home. And I was getting some sort of a strange look a thumbs up or the middle finger from like the most. random, <laughs> And um, yeah, so I get it home and I'm like, well, it's actually kind of obviously gets some attention. This is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's usually not my thing, but um, oh, hang on a second, guys. I got it. Somebody... All right. Sorry. sorry. I'm going to tell you. My, I'm not going to tell you what my neighbor just handed me. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> remember, right. I live in, remember, I live in Oregon. Okay. Yeah, oh, and, oh, yeah, good for yeah, gotcha. you. Yeah, so anyway, uh, get home. I'm like, I'm going to open up the tent on the top of the car. Sure enough, I open it up. I think it looks pretty cool. It's really easy to open up and close. So that was a big plus. And then I go in and I get our dog, Lucy. She's a golden doodle weighs about 50 pounds. I'm like, I'm going to toss her up there and see if it you see know, if collapses. The car collapses basically. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I do that. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cute. Uh, maybe I should go get my wife, and I'm gonna try to convince her to get up there as yeah, well. Yeah, try her out. Why not? <laughs> yeah. throw, with, throw
0: yeah. the dog up there, then throw her up there, then throw her up there with the dog. You know, that's just exactly it
3: how it went down. <laughs> so sure enough, and, I, and I, I took pictures of the whole thing, and it was just kind of like, oh, this is cool. Um, and I, it seemed safe enough, so decided we were gonna take it on a camping trip the next weekend. We were going to an outdoor concert uh, festival over in Central Oregon, and. And figured we'd just take that and see how, how it went.
0: Was it a process um, of you just, it was already on there and mounted up and you just didn't want to take it off?
3: Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I, um, I mean, it, it, one, I mean, my, my wife's like five foot, nothing. And you know, not even a hundred pounds. So there's no way she's helping me lift it onto a Range Rover that's seven and a half feet in the air. Um, just not going to happen. So we're like, let's, let's do this. It'll be fun. So we drive to central Oregon. It's 180 miles of, curves, fast, like everything you can imagine. Great test to see if this thing's actually going to last. So I snap a picture and, I'm, and I don't have a profile for the car yet. I've just got my personal Instagram profile. I snap a picture, I tag the the manufacturer Yakimax on it and I enter in this contest. They've got this hashtag contest going on and um, it's only, it's only like going on maybe another two weeks. Well, it racked up so many likes and so many this and so many that. It ended up winning the contest, and like I didn't expect that at all. What was but the it contest up- like the the car with the least likely? Option to have no, a it. Was, it was basically, you know, like, oh, what, you know, show us your Yakima products kind of thing, you know, and, and I'm yeah. um, like, all right, well, I just got a new 10. I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll tag them in it. And, and it blew up. It went crazy. It was like a vote thing. You could go and vote on their website for which And everybody
0: one. that had a Jeep with one on there or something
3: like that was like, that
0: stupid idiot in 911? <laughs> you <haven't> <laughs> you got to be kidding me.
3: Never ending. So <laughs> yeah, the comments, I mean, I'm sure you guys, if you've been around a little while and you've read some of the comments and the yeah. dialogue that I have with people, the trolls, it's hilarious. And, uh, so anyway, long story short, wins the contest. Yakima reaches out to me and says, hey, uh, first off, we don't think that thing is going to be safe on your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what? What's, what are they just? This, this same general concept of a Porsche, a sports car, should never have a rooftop tent on it. Like, that just doesn't seem right. So, What do they
0: think? The car is, the car is made out of cardboard yeah, or something? I don't understand. I, know.
3: I, I think that's, well, here's the crazy part. So all these Jeepsters out there, you can't mount a rooftop tent to a Jeep unless you get an ex like an exoskeleton rack because right. it just won't hold up to it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they're probably thinking the same thing about a nine 11, but you and I know, and I think a lot of other people know that that's not necessarily the case. Right. Long story short, they're only about 10 miles. Their world headquarters is about 10 miles away from me. They want me to come down and like want to run stress tests on <laughs> my car huh. to see if it would be safe before they would even like allow me to talk about, you know, it, it being out there. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So we went down there Ended up testing incredibly like over the limits. Where they start chucking um, bowling balls up there or something? Yeah. So, uh, in I mean, proprietary information, I can't tell you that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually signed an NDA. <laughs> no oh, wow. joke. Wow. All right. Yeah, it was nuts. So, uh, but I watched him do this whole process and the and thing, we tested it up to 600 pounds because me, the tent, the dog, my wife, all yep. of us combined don't even weigh 600 pounds. So, um, it's way over like, qualify typical Porsche, you know, they state hundred and seventy five pound dynamic weight limit and um it's like six hundred pounds. It's some astronomical number. So long story short, I'm like I'm taking this thing on a road trip and I go to Rin Sport Union right after that. And uh man, that's how it all started.
0: <laughs> yeah just, man it's it's been interesting to watch it come together and you know what where did this car come from? Was it were you looking for a Porsche? Was it just uh, I mean
3: yeah. So I've had Porsches in my life, uh, for quite a long time and I was without Porsche for almost 10 years. And that was, it was a hard thing. It sounds complete serious. First world problem. Right. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to get back into the, into the Porsche world. And I had, we had an S4, um, a, a stage three S4 and another all wheel drive car that we we'd take to the mountains. Um, but I really just wanted to get a, a, a nine Um, and I, I, what I was looking for was actually a nine, six, four C four. Um, I just wasn't finding anything that checked all the right boxes. And a buddy of mine calls me up. He's like, Hey man, and he's his new sales manager at, um, at a Mercedes dealership here in Portland. And he says, Hey man, we've got this 911 That's been sitting in our warehouse, our like wholesale warehouse for six months. It's got two flat tires and a dead battery. Um, we just want to unload it. And he goes, you want to come down and look at it. And I'm like, pass. <laughs> Is this the kind of time where everybody's
0: looking at a 996 going, Ooh, no, I don't want one of those. Yeah, it's going to explode. Exactly, I don't want one. That's it's... exactly what
3: was going on. Yeah, okay. And uh, I mean, I I've had, uh, I had a turbo, I had, so no IMS issue before, but I was very well aware of the concern that people had over 996s. But I was also kind of aware of it was blown out of proportion. Oh, big time, big time. Um, but I still wasn't looking for a nine nine six. That wasn't it. I was, he's like, I don't know. I think it's an all wheel drive version. Didn't know anything about the car. Um, couldn't even the guys couldn't even put a battery in it. They they're like, well, we don't we don't do Porsches. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is madness. <laughs> so I just passed on altogether. And then I got I slept on it. And then the next morning I get a notification online that there's been a new nine eleven listed, and it was this car. It was the it was the four S and. The um, weirdest thing is it was listed as a Tiptronic. It was listed as black with gray leather interior. So every it did, it wasn't even the right car. Um, so I called back. I'm like, okay, well, the price was ridiculously low. And cause again, they just wanted to unload it and they were gonna wholesale it apparently. So I like I'll be down first thing in the morning. And and his answer to me was, Well, you better get there early because there's like six people that are on their way and they're coming from like Seattle and Southern Oregon, all over the place. So I'm there at like seven thirty a.m. With donuts. He you bring the, donuts this time too?
0: No donuts, <laughs> oh, no donuts. Seven yeah. thirty
3: a.m. show up. I'm the first one there. They open the door for me, put the keys in my hand. I'm like, I'm gonna go take it out for a rip. We go for like a half an hour drive and they call me, they're like, Are you coming back? I'm like, Well, you know, I just wanna since it hasn't been driven for a while, I want to see how it, it brings out. And uh I get back and there's four people there waiting for the car. Needless to say, I didn't give them the keys back. I'm like, we're gonna take this one home. I'm gonna deal with any issues that it's got. And uh that was it, man. That's how it started. It was Kind of just luck. It just fell in my lap,
0: yeah, that's how a lot of good stories. Good stories and experiences start out. And I mean, I'm imagining with this rooftop box, it's made you explore with the car more, right? You've, you've <laughs> almost been like encouraged to get out and drive the car more than you normally would. You got to go camping, which means you're going to more obscure places. It's probably really pushed you to take the car into into more danger, I guess I should say,
3: yeah. And, you know the the rooftop tent didn't happen until, about a year after I'd had the car. Um, so I'd already lowered the car. Um, I put H and R sports springs on it dropped it down a little bit, give it a little bit better stance. Um, so yeah, the rooftop tent thing came along and it was, it was like begging me to go do other things and go places. I didn't just want to camp in campgrounds. That's just boring. You know, you go camp right next to somebody. No, thanks. Um, how many so
0: people I sort of like, well, why did you lower it now that you got the rooftop tent? Look at all this yeah. safari business that's going on. It's everywhere. It's super hot right now. Lift it up. Put some knobby uh, tires on that thing. Let's go. It's,
3: yeah, you know, you and I, kinda, I, I, I thought about doing that at multiple times and I, I just kind of pushed it a little bit more and a little bit more, and a little bit more every time to really see what the car was capable of just sitting a little bit lower. And let me tell you, I'm going places where people won't take their Tacomas. <laughs> um, yeah, it just takes me a little bit longer. And uh, that's OK, because I usually beat him to the trailhead anyway. And then I just they have to sit behind me and watch me crawl over rocks <laughs> and no, you know, stumps and everything else. I think good. we definitely I mean, it's do that. It's the
0: same type of thing where it's, you know, you don't really have an oil pan. My car is the same. I've driven it all over the place. Logging roads, whatever. I don't care. You just yeah. drive. Sometimes you go a little bit slower. I mean, you're obviously not in a in a Range Rover, you're not bombing around on air ride. But the cars are really capable, especially I mean, you've got all wheel drive.
3: I only have rear wheel drive,
0: but they can pretty much go wherever as long as there's not a giant rock sticking out of the road.
3: And that's exactly it. And even if there's a giant rock stick now, the road, I just try to put a wheel on it and work my way over it. I mean, my side skirts are smashed up and cracked. I mean, it looks good from, you know, 20 feet. Um, I've smacked my oil pan and almost had a heart attack a few times. Um, But other than that, like incredibly robust, like if I've got a spotter, I have no problem putting that thing up on three wheels. To crawl over some huge, you know, drainage ditch or whatever it might be. Right. Um, it's just the car is it's knock on wood, you know, feels almost indestructible. Like with places that I go. Other and than then I tires. Run autocross. Yeah. <laughs> I know where we're going with this. Yeah. Other than tires. Um, I don't. That's the downside to having a sports car that you camp in is you're not getting like all-terrain tires right you're typically running soft rubber that uh, likes to pick up things or shred to pieces if you're on the wrong kind of pavement so <laughs> what kind of troubles have you run into
0: along the way obviously the car you say it's been indestructible but there's no way there hasn't been challenges with
3: the places yeah that you take it. yeah so we've definitely had some challenges and um last last uh fall we did a about a 3500 mile road trip Uh, kind of down the the West coast and then uh, back up through some mountains. And we did that for Porsche Motorsports So it was, it was an interesting experience. It was like camp along the way, but then go to racetracks and interview race drivers and things like that during the process. And we got down to LA, uh, went out to Willow Springs um, met Dwayne Dimmitt I don't know if you know anything about Dwayne, but uh, was one of the original and guys. Um, So he's got, Porsche racing stories for days, and uh, now he's got his own shop. So met Dwayne out in Willow Springs. Um, got to sleep at the Budweiser balcony, which was pretty wild. Him and uh, Martina Kwan gave us the tour of the entire like facility, and then said camp wherever you want. So my buddy and I decided we we're going to camp at the top of the racetrack that night. And then the next morning, we're heading out to Fontana Raceway to uh, meet with Howie Adelson. Uh, Him and those guys started uh, Lifka Colt and and Patrick and whatnot. And so, get out there. But it's like 115 degrees, like air temperature. So you know what that means on the asphalt. Yeah. And my AC is cranking, and we literally roll right into the uh, the entrance gate, and the car beeps at me. Says low oil pressure, shuts off, and then makes all these metal on metal sounds. And it was, you're
0: just emergency. It's over. I'm done. I'm sad.
3: I'm the furthest point from home that I can possibly be on this entire trip. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And honestly, the first thing that went through my mind was IMS bearing. Yep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, that's the thing that triggered. And I'm like, ah, oh, great. So we pushed the car over into like the paddock area. And we go around asking all these people if they've got you know anything that we can like get underneath it. Everybody's pa- it's all it was a motorcycle day out there. Nobody's got anything that's going to be <laughs> helping, helping us out. So, uh, long story short, um, the car starts back up. There's oil. Everything's good. I think what had just happened is it had gotten so hot, the oil had gotten so thin that it had just said nope. And you know, emergency yeah, it just shut down. Salt. Yeah, yeah. So. Next thing that I notice is I turn on my AC and it just starts screaming. It's that metal metal sound. So I'm like, okay, well, bearing must be out. And, uh, so I (laughs) crank the heat up in the car, turn the AC off, roll all the windows down and, and creep back to, um, basically back into LA. And I call uh, my buddy, Rod Emery, uh, Emery Motorsports. And I'm like, Rod, I need some help. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do. He gives me the names of a whole bunch of people. This is happening on a Sunday. Nobody's around. And, uh, so I called Dwayne who I just met and Dwayne, um, runs vision motorsports. And he's like, you know what, bring the car in first thing in the morning. Um, we'll get it figured out for you. And so I get there, my AC compressors froze. Um, belt is pretty much shredded. Luckily it got me there, the accessories belt. And then, uh, it gets real crazy because we fixed that. And the problem doesn't seem to solve itself. The car keeps getting hot. Both radiator fans had failed. Oh. Um, so here I'm sitting in Laguna Hills at this point, And Dwayne's like, listen, I might have some parts that I can throw. So he throws me a couple of, uh, a GT three cup radiators in the front of the car and an AC compressor. And he's like, you're good to go, man. Have a, have a nice trip and sends me on my way. One of the greatest experiences I've ever had within the Porsche community. And the car has been great ever since. Um, so that I would say is probably the me- biggest mechanical issue that I've ever had. Um, there have been some tire issues. Yeah, what
0: well, I mean, you were out, I saw these pictures of you out in the <laughs> desert, just like dead in the water.
3: Yeah, pretty much. So seven hours, um, Southeast of Portland, there's this place called the Alvor desert. And it looks like the playa that you would see for like burning man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's elevations about 5,000 feet. So it's a high desert. It's a real strange, arid place. And the access road to get there is about 50 miles long and it's gravel. And it's not even actually gravel. It's more like crushed rock. You know, you got like three quarter minus and you got like crushed rock that uh they put down for like log trucks and big vehicles um and i'm on my trip out here with a bunch of guys in like forerunners and land cruisers and lifted uh you know everything and they're like these massive ko2 you know mud tires rock crawling tires and they're ripping down this road 60 miles an hour probably max speed and i'm trying to keep up earning my my rock chips for sure and, um, we're a thousand feet. I'm not kidding you. A thousand free feet, feet, excuse me, from the entrance to the desert. And all of a sudden my traction control lights just light up. Like the whole, it's just going crazy. I'm like, well, I'm losing power. So I turn my trash control off. I get a little bit of power, but I'm definitely not getting traction. Yep. And I, and I know at this point that I've, I've got a flat, like there's just,
0: yeah, you can feel it. It feels like you're yeah, driving you around just, on a frying pan.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh my, and I can't stop on this road. Cause it's like single wide and nobody's ever going to get past me. And I know I'm not going anywhere. Cause I don't carry a spare also real smart move on my part. Uh, I need all the room that I can for my, my camping gear. Right. Um, but I see the entrance to the desert and I know that I can probably get to it. So I'm like, hell with it. I just keep going. And as I start driving down this rutted out road, I'm like dodging things as quick as I can. Cause I just want to get the car stopped. I look to my left, and there goes my tire, <laughs> like, like just goes rolling by me down the hill. Yep. And I'm still probably you're driving 200. a
0: Carrera 3S.
3: <laughs> uh, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what's going on. And uh, I find like I, I'm not going to go anywhere. I got to get to a flat spot because I'm definitely going to be camping here. You know? Yeah, this is my spot. Um, so I find a, a semi-flat spot and I roll in, I get out and I, I look at what I, I had done and my wheel is just. Eaten up because I've been driving, you know, probably 800 feet on a rim essentially. And um, it's a bit of a disaster. So I pop a tent and uh, get a high lift jack, which is crazy because, of course, you know, I'm, I'm with a bunch of Overlanders, so they've got one. I use the high lift jack to lift the car up at the wheel. And then I slide my scissor jack underneath to the jack point and lift it off that, lift it up off that, take the high lift jack off, take the wheel off borrow a jeep which was really really swallowing my pride and i drive <laughs> f- i drive three hours back to a tire shop that has an out of date 275 35 18 tire that i mount to what is pretty much a destroyed wheel right um and you're, and like, then you're looking at hours. this thing like
0: yep i'm going to go about 10 feet with this
3: and yeah and the guy <laughs> <laughs> when they put the tire on he comes he goes I'm pretty sure your wheels bent really bad. I, I balanced it the best that I could. Oh, no. I'm like, oh God, this is gonna be a long drive home. Uh so yeah, I get the Jeep, go back three hours, you know, to the to the desert and then uh spend a couple nights there. Hell with it. I'm ripping through the desert. There's some great shots of that, like high speed runs across this, you know, this playa. Yeah. Um, doing donuts because, you know, why not? Having a just having a good time and, and putting the car to the paces.
0: Yeah, looks like um, a looks like a really good time. It's where yeah. are you from in Oregon? Where exactly?
3: <laughs> uh, home base is kind of like Northwest Portland. Um, I'm pretty close to the Nike World World headquarters. Have you ever been or heard of
0: Lake Ebert?
2: No. Oh man, is, is that
0: it, here? It's there. It's this big alkali lake, and it was this weird place that I I w- took a wrong turn on my way out to California, and I saw this lake as we come up upon it. And it's I wrote about it in uh, the article I wrote for Triple Zero. And it was this the most placid lake that I've ever seen. And you get it's out gotta of the car; be, it's it's incredible. Southeastern in Oregon, Yeah, south, south, for sure, for sure. It's like yep. southeast of Bend. And I get out of the car, and I'm like talking to my buddy, and it's this weird thing where <laughs> I'm talking to him, and like my, my voice disappears. Like it's like I'm in like some sort of soundproof room. It's <laughs> like the, it was one of the most incredible places I've ever been. It's it's definitely worth checking out, especially as you come down towards the rally. You'll probably drive right by it. It's on Highway 395 highly yeah, recommend yeah. lake abert it's it's incredible it's a really really unique special place and the road and
3: the road is pretty good
0: too
3: Yeah, i love it i can't i i had no idea i always love it when somebody tells me about a place in oregon i haven't been yeah this place um, this place
0: is great it's it's super eerie man it's like got this white crust on it and then you throw yeah. a rock and then it's it it's like black underneath so it's like this salty alkali crust and I guess the only thing that lives in there is like little shrimp and some birds like eat the shrimp and that's it. Nothing else can survive. It's this is weird. Wow. Odd. odd. The, the reflection of the mountains that reflect black on the lake—it's like a little hand mirror laying on the ground. It's just perfect, perfect wow. reflection. It's awesome. Highly
3: recommend checking it out. I will definitely do it on my way. And I'm a big Highway 395 fan, so that's uh, it's even better. Yeah, maybe you have been there and just don't know it. You know, it's, 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 it's entirely chance. possible.
0: So what do you usually what do you bring? So you're going to come out. Of the, you're going to come to the rally. You're going to hang out. What are you bringing with you? Because we're going to as soon as we get off the phone with you, we're going to go through some of the the overcrests, what to bring on a road trip, you know, to be yeah. prepared and, and bring with you. What will you be bringing with you as some of like uh, your, your must haves for in case you could break down or what kind of snacks that you bringing. What, what What do you bring with you?
3: Yeah, I bring, uh, I bring a, a toolkit, um, just a real basic toolkit and hopefully it'll have a 10 mil in it. Um, uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, so that's obviously things something probably to take, I will be bringing a spare tire on this trip because yeah, I, I don't ask. want to get yeah, stuck yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, I've got obviously my tent, all of my camping gear, which is things, you know, like, uh, backpack. And, and uh, again, I'm driving a 911, so I got to pack like I'm backpacking. So, um, right. the things that I bring are a lot smaller, a lot lighter than I think the traditional car camper. Um, but I'll probably, yeah, I'll have a Yeti backpack cooler, all my, you know, normal camping gear. I just, but I'm. I kind of keep it light, man. I'm not, uh, I'll bring some camera gear. I'll probably bring my drone, you know, all that good stuff. But you ever
0: watch uh, the guys when you go do stuff like this, and there's an event and they you're kind of parked near, yeah. you show up in the morning, everybody else is like showered and they got pomade in their hair and they're all like smelling clean. <laughs> and you're just like, man, I really wish I could stay in a hotel sometimes, but I got this roof rooftop tent. I got to use it. <sighs>
3: It's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens to me often. I mean, I was, when we did the Sport Union, everybody's like, you know, staying in these nice hotels and blah, blah, blah. And here I am sleeping. Granted, I was sleeping on the on Pebble Beach. Um, yeah. Don't tell anyone. Oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd managed to find a little secluded spot where I could pop my tent um, on 13 mile drive. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I'm not going to be bringing my pomade probably. No, um, I, I I'll probably skip not. that. Well,
0: dude, it uh, was really nice talking to you. I appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit.
3: Of course, Chris. I, I appreciate having me on, and I'm um, really, really looking forward to this rally. Yeah, I'm Cannot excited.
0: I, I'm excited to meet you.
3: It'll be a fun one. Thanks again. Yeah, take care of yourself, man. Cheers, guys. All right, bye-bye.
2: Now, before we get too much further, let's take a break here and talk about our sponsor, Olberk car care. Oberk is your source of professional detailing compounds and supplies that is research tested and developed by professional detailers themselves. These are the guys that are actually passionate about detailing and know firsthand what makes a good product. And they truly are great products. I love it's a simple foolproof two-step system, easy and gives an amazing finish. And right now they're offering a whopping 20% off your order when you use the code Overcrest. The discount code is good not only on OberkCarCare.com, but also on DetailedImage.com and CarsuppliesWarehouse.com. Please go check them out today. Well, I
0: think I might camp on the rally. I don't know. I've, I It's one of the things that I always bring with me as one of my top items to have is I always have a tent and a sleeping bag because I got stranded, as you know, in, right. in was it Yellowstone your or Yosemite. And we got stranded and my grandpa, for some reason... Like Captain Boy Scout had a tent and sleeping sleeping bags. He brought two of them. So it's like, was there some sort of odd sabotage? <laughs> right, like, he was the one that like, broke down the car.
2: Broke the car down on purpose. But I was wondering, what do you guys bring with you on your road trips? I bring a pretty extensive toolkit. What's nice is if you know your car very well, you know exactly what type of tools you need for it, what is going to break or potentially could break. So you need the tools that would be required to fix. Here's the thing. If there's anything that can be fixed on the side of the road, usually it's pretty easy to pack the tools to do that. Sure. It's not like you're going to be trying to rebuild an engine anyways. So you only account for the things that you can fix when right. you're on the
0: side of the road. Yeah, so you I, definitely I usually, need tools. Yeah, parts and spares and tools are, are key. I usually bring a drive axle with me. I do
2: not go that far.
0: Well, that's really okay. the only extra part, like a big mechanical part that I bring is a drive axle. And then I usually bring a CD box, a coil, and yep. a fuel pump.
1: Have you had to use the drive axle before? I have not, but I've done it on a
0: Rabbit. I've broken a drive axle on a Volkswagen Rabbit before. That seems like a part that would or should not break. They do fail. You know, it's just that's something that does fail that's easy to replace. You know, it would suck to be in the middle of nowhere and break it. Maybe it's like my fear of like when my axle broke it in that in California with my yeah. grandpa.
2: We had to wait like a
0: week to get one. So now was, you're just
2: like, I will always have an axle yeah, maybe, with me.
0: Maybe it's just like this subconscious <laughs> thing where I must have an axle. But if yeah, if it's not fuel or ignition related and you can't fix it with zip ties, you're not fixing it. So you, right. like yeah. I, I tend to go overboard with tools a little bit. It's like I fill up this tool bag and ends up weighing like 60 pounds. And I have to think about where I'm putting it in the car for weight pellets because it's so heavy. <laughs> but yeah, the, the axle, fuel pump, ignition. Uh, and my toolkit,
2: I just always keep in my car.
0: Yeah, I have it. It's in my car right now. Yeah, yeah it's it's out there.
2: But like things like fan belt, of course, yes, fan for belt. our cars. Yep. And then you always have to have a fan belt wrench. Yep. And all that specialty kind of things to go with that. Um, but as far as you know, actual road trip stuff, I, I think Brock made a good point. You should probably have a spare tire spare with Spare tires are good, yeah. Which yeah. we have the old inflatable uh, Redstein. Do you still have yours, Jeff?
1: In your yeah, tire? I have it. Have well, it's it not it in yet? the car, but I don't know if it works. You should test it out.
2: I know.
0: Which, of course, you need a compressor with you then, too. Yes, I have a compressor in my smuggler's box. Yep. And then I have the tire, which... I know works, but I know that the valve stem is finicky, <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping I don't have to use it because it's like this weird valve stem. Have you right, looked at it, it is, just, and I don't know
2: why it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't so know what's you going on with that.
0: Re, like, let the pressure out again easily. I don't I'm know. Not sure, but I stored my car on it for a year. It, when you fill it up, it looks like a normal tire, which is really weird. It doesn't have like an the odd folds shape to in it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't have the folds anymore. But it's a very strange looking tire. I can't believe Redestein doesn't
2: make replacement ones. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because um, actually new cars come with that same style of tire, but probably not the same size. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so we got spares, parts. Uh, oh, if you have a spare tire with you, you obviously need a jack. For yes. the longest time, I didn't have a jack in my car. And I was mm. like, wait a minute, how am I going to do this? I have the factory
0: jack, which is kind of sketchy. It slides yep, the into Bosch a little square thing. You just crank it up like maker. that, which is still probably better than the plastic one that Chrysler was putting yes, in the and had to for recall. A little <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, we usually have a weapon. Of some sort. Ooh, Ooh. good call. This, yeah. so what this is, is the your, good stuff? What yeah. is your weapon of choice? So I've, I've done different things. Usually now I usually have like I have the the Recaro seat that's got the little leg bolster in it, and I usually click it out one, and I have a big knife right there. Nice. So it's right in between my legs. I can grab it. I also have had the tire knocker, which is which is a legal <laughs> thing, and it's got it's basically a stick of wood yep. with a big weight, like a big bolt screwed into the end, because truck drivers will go on and they'll knock their tire. And, and they can usually tell if they've if done the retread, it if, Yeah, if the retread has failed or they don't have enough tire pressure, they can hear right. it. You know, if the retread is going to fall off and, you know, blow the tire up, they, they know they can hit it with it. So I have one of those. I've also made tools. I had a clutch push rod, which is a quarter inch tool steel, you know, rod. Like, I don't know, maybe not tool steel, but very, very heavy steel by probably okay. about 14 inches long. And I welded a a, a crank gear from a volkswagen to it why and then i welded a handle on the other end <laughs> wow. why like a, man yeah. if i ever go to pr- just <laughs> if i ever find tool? myself
1: in prison with you i'm definitely gonna want <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to be on your team on
0: my team. but that thing was like brutal i mean it looked like a total weapon of death and it's actually illegal to carry things around like that you can't i mean that's if it's a weapon of death you can't carry it around i don't think well, just i have my carry <laughs>
2: permit so well Probably just well, you bring have to, an actual. Well, with the
0: carry permit, you have to worry about where you are and what state lines you're correct. crossing. I, I have a um, map
2: that I always have with me.
0: Well, what about, how is Nebraska? How is Colorado? How Those is are all fine with so my permit. And Iowa, you're all fine. Yes. So you're fine all the Illinois way up to the back. Yeah, Illinois is bad for everything, for yes. everyone. Yes. God, I don't like Illinois. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, are, we are fighting all the time. Um, <laughs> do you have a weapon? Do you bring anything with you, Jeff? Uh, yeah,
1: I've got a knife.
0: You have a knife, too, yep. yeah. I have a, it's like a little um, double-sided knife. Like so you could stab people in either direction and that seems deal. very unsafe. <laughs> well, it's in a sheath. I don't just carry around a loose knife.
2: Yeah, but it is double sided? How are you not just gonna jab yourself? Like it goes out this way and this way? No, no. Double bl- on the double blade. Double edged blade. Double edged. Yes. Okay. Yeah, That's like okay.
0: much. It's it's a double edged sword, Jake. Okay. It's a double edged sword. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is yeah. crisp. So sometimes
2: is. I have the tire knocker and the knife. Yeah, okay. Well, besides weaponry, uh, if you're going on a road trip, what do you definitely need? Snacks. Snacks, water, probably a cooler I usually bring with me. I
0: I called... At, how many beef jerky companies did i call before we recorded yeah this?
2: at least five
0: <laughs> there was more than that i was like for at least 25 minutes i was calling every beef jerky company i could find because these are quintessential why the f is beef jerky so freaking expensive right. it is so
2: outrageous beef jerky is the, the quintessential road trip
0: snack yeah, yeah is that is up, that
1: your snack of choice oh on a road trip absolutely
0: yeah. I like uh, I like beef jerky, but I really also like beef sticks, like cold beef mm. sticks with cheese that you can get from the little cooler Ooh, when they when you
2: peel them in the same thing and you get the bite of the cheese yeah, and the, the bite of the and, the and the the beef. bite of the meat. Or if you're in Wisconsin, uh.
0: you're driving through, you get the cheese curds. Yes, are, are a really really good choice. Usually yes. it's protein, protein. Or I'll wake up when I wake up in the morning and I'm on a road trip. What I always eat is I get the macadamia nut Cliff Bar mm-hmm. and a Red Bull, and that will take me through from morning at like five six a.m. That'll take me through to lunch, so I don't have to stop for breakfast. Wow. And I'll just pound away. And just yeah, you don't like coffee, so well, Red Bull is the same thing. It's just for some reason Caffeine. it doesn't go through you as quick, though. Yeah, well, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to stop for coffee.
2: You did need to stop a lot. You yeah. did need to stop a lot on yeah, the road Yeah, I'm not trip a road warrior like you. For yeah. sure, I, I don't like to sit in a single spot for a while. Yeah, you barely
0: like to do that here. By the time the podcast is over, you've, you've worn a hole in the floor by right. waiting I, for I me do. to finish editing it. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you eat, Jeff? What's your snack um, choice?
1: Oh, man, I like all food. But I'm I'm <laughs> a, my dad, when we used to go on road trips or when we drive, we drove a lot as kids. He was really big into things like hot tamales and Mike and Ike's and things like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You can't eat too many of those, otherwise you end up in a bad place. But they're very they're very like nostalgic for me. So when I walk into like a truck stop and and I'm on a road trip, I just have to have like hot tamales. Yeah. Um yeah. And uh it's it's funny, it's like the only time I'll eat certain foods is when I'm driving. You know, it's the only time I'll have like Cheetos. I never eat Cheetos. Right. But if I'm driving, well, I don't usually eat, eat beef
2: Cheeto. jerky like just sitting <laughs> around either. Keto dust yeah. all over the car, though.
1: Oh, Ooh, I know it's
2: bad. That it's is bad. bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. You I, know,
2: we just forgot the most important thing to mention for a road trip, though. What? A good podcast to listen to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have a good podcast. <laughs> Do I, uh, I have a recommendation so, for recommendation you? For you? <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. Like I, you go in and you buy. um at lunchtime, if you just don't have time, and I'm trying to make good time, I'm driving like 14, 15, 16 hours in a day, and I'm just like, I need to get as far as possible. You go in there, and you grab a bunch of stuff, and you go up to the checkout lane, yeah. and it's like $18 for like a drink, jerky, and uh, like a caramello and some Doritos. And you're like, wow, I could have had a really nice cheeseburger. That's at, true. At anywhere. For yeah. The amount that you spend, like I added up on like a 3000 mile road trip. I'll spend $300 on, on, snacks. on gas station <laughs> snacks. So my well, goal, that's how they make money. They don't make money on gas. No, it's my goal all the to say is to not do that. Is to so just, how is that
2: going to work? I don't know. I've got to minimize that cost. It's, too much money or it's, if you like go to costco beforehand and buy all of those things yeah. and just keep them in the car that's that's the I, only problem is because you have them in your backseat you'll go through them in the first like, hundred miles
1: <laughs> i just got a cooler i'm going to use it for the rally it's like a soft cooler and it's for that express purpose i'm just you know i want to try to load up with healthy things your snack stash yeah because otherwise i'll just i'll, I'll just eat Jump like food. crap, and then I'm I'm in the bathroom for like half <laughs> hour. <You>
0: have <laughs> healthy snacks at the gas station. They do. There's always nuts they are berries and berries and snack mix. And there's it's there. You just kind of never well, see it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, uh, do you, uh, none of us have
1: AC. Do you have AC? No. Does your AC work yet? No, I have a Targa. Well, well yeah. You
2: never have the roof on or uh, roof off. Well, now you do. <laughs> uh, I do now. What happened?
1: Uh. So I was I was going to uh the Porsche, you know, the local Porsche show here in the Twin Cities. Yep. And I'm driving uh, through Minneapolis, and right now during the summer, there's always construction. Yes, uh, this time it's of year, construction here. season, and it's the roads are awful. I mean, they're you know we have salt here in the Twin Cities, so there's lots of potholes and whatnot. So. And
0: heaves, and you get the water goes in and freezes, and yeah, unfreezes well, and then and
1: they buckle in they the buckle. summer when it's too hot. Yeah, so I hit a uh, I hit a a seam an expansion. joint. Yeah, yes. and it was about I think two to three inch uh, difference gap, gap up. Wow, so it's like hitting a uh, a speed bump going 60 miles an hour and I hit it and immediately uh you know on the way there it was cloudy it was a little bit drizzly so I had the roof on yep and immediately just I had nothing but fresh air (laughs) and and so I I look in my rearview mirror and the uh target top is spinning on the road behind me I so
2: as soon as he said this I said you did a fast and the furious remember on the scene where he's rescuing exactly Vince yep. from the trucker where he's tangled up Paul Walker comes up in the Supra and just poof punches just out the top. Yeah. I mean it probably looked really cool.
1: Yeah, I it, it I didn't feel very cool, but no. I'm sure I'm sure it looked good. So a, f- a few of the guys actually on the way to Cars and Coffee like they found me there and they said Did you I saw your roof flew off. That was crazy oh, really? Dude. Yeah, so it, I put on a show, which is good. <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> If you if you do something stupid, you should look good while you do it.
0: Yeah, why not? Well, I did that on purpose. I was just so hot. I or just yeah, yeah I screw just that to, top. I had to had to take yeah. it.
1: yeah. I mean, Target tops are uh, I don't know. We could have a whole podcast on Target tops, but they're they're super over engineered and they're they're just not well made. Right like, by Porsche, and so I found out afterwards like this is something that happens. Oh, I'm not the only person has happened to, but um, yeah. So for now, I've got a permanent. The open Targa.
0: And- I love it. I'd rather be rained on than a Targa than ever put the top on <laughs> because they look so like I love a Targa with the top off. I think they look cool. As mm-hmm. soon as the top goes on, it's too flat. Like it like yeah. flattens out the lines of the car. You know, it just I love the rear window. I love the hoop. I think it's really attractive. But as soon as you put that top on, I'm like, eh. so now your car is permanently cool.
2: What we were talking off air. I, there should be some sort of bikini top situation. Like the the Lotus Elise basically has like a canvas top with tent poles. Yeah, like a spider
1: you, top. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I don't know why that doesn't exist or that isn't a thing because that's what you should rock all time.
1: Yeah, there's a few guys that are working on them, I think. So, something okay. like that. But I know Octooncraft's working on something like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, having a Targa, you know? the woes that come along. with it. But so a couple I, things- no AC though. But I, what I will say owning a Targa is you always have water issues. Like there's always water leaking in. Uh-huh. The number one thing I bring, even when I drive, you know, anything over like 60 miles, I've got a, uh, like a, a really light rain jacket tucked in the back. <laughs>
2: so you need to wear a rain jacket while
1: driving? Well, you just never know, especially if you don't, have, especially if you leave the roof at home, like you just might as well have it. But then on a road trip, I just think it's good to always have super lightweight rain jacket I that's mean, a good car. you're gonna get hit especially like you know if you uh get caught in uh georgia with uh 996 on the side <laughs> of the road and you're <laughs> stuck great you're stuck there for hours in a rainstorm Fuck, that would have been amazing <laughs> <to> have <laughs> you know, a speaking of which that's a good
2: point because had you checked the car thoroughly you wouldn't have been in that spot so what should a guy do to prep his car before leaving for the rally uh me i
0: generally do nothing because i drive my car <laughs> every day or right. every few days so i kind of know its condition i know what's going on and so i mean i check the tire pressures before i leave my check oil your tire level, pressure my, my, check ca- your my oil, oil, oil. Level, just check i can just see it i always right. change that the oil nice. before i leave yeah. yeah
1: you should you should change your oil before you go on a road yeah. trip that, yeah, that seems sure. like basic yeah check your lug nuts. nuts yes Chris. Yeah.
0: check your lug nuts yeah that was a disaster and
1: oh i have every tool i
2: need with me except a lug wrench
0: yeah, that was lame. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well that was, see. That was no good. So
0: if for specifically for the Overcrest rally in Utah, I was gonna tell people to bring <laughs> camp chairs for hanging out because you don't yes. always bring a camp chair. Yes. No. And, that's one thing you're gonna want. Yeah, and, and, and water. Yes. We it are is going to be the in the, the desert. desert. It is the desert. So camp chairs and water in addition to all the other things we, we talked about. Absolutely. So I wanted to thank Brock for coming on the podcast. Jeff, thanks for coming to hang out. It was mm-hmm. cool hearing where you came from and a little bit of your story. Uh, I'm really excited for the rally. I know you guys are too. We're kicking away on getting everything planned up. We're going to have the the applications sorted out probably within the next week or so, and we're going to start sending out some emails. So you guys make sure that you keep an eye out for those. I want to remind everybody to share the podcast too. share it with your friends, share it with everybody. We don't do like a ton of marketing here. We're really relying on you guys with the viral with, you know, sharing it with your friends. We really appreciate you do that. We know that you do that. Leave us
2: a five star review. If you want subscribe, follow all that good, happy stuff. Yeah. We found out it's actually better than spending money on marketing because guess what? If you like this podcast, your friends probably will too have common interests. So do us a favor and just share with those guys. There's a lot of people that still don't
0: do podcasts. I'm like, Hey, do you listen to podcasts? They're like, no. I'm like, so what do you do
2: <laughs> what do you do what do you listen to like, what are you doing I don't understand how can I you sit not sit in
0: silence yeah, so you need to propagandize your friends that are still there you go. being Luddites about all that um, we'll be back on Monday what have we got going on on Monday
2: yeah Monday we have a
0: wait this is Monday's episode Friday we'll be back with a little bit of news I think that's, that'll, yes, that'll take that care is of it. what we're doing Friday we'll see you guys on Friday take care